There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Captivity can go far beyond the companies you represent. It starts between your ears and its impact is felt in every corner of your business. We're all about helping agency principals and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. If your goals are big enough, you're going to have to get uncomfortable to be able to reach them. Our team at RiskWell is living this out every single day. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and everything I learn along the way. We deliver relevant, tactical, and actionable content from industry peers, innovative partners, and a variety of leaders from other business verticals. We're not holding anything back. There's no upsell, no guru pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Hey, Freedom Jumpers, welcome to episode 83 of the Agency Freedom Podcast. We help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom I'm recording this episode, this solo episode, the day after Christmas in 2022. This is possibly one of the shortest episodes we've ever done. I have a few points I'm going to share with you, and then we're going to get off this thing, and I'm going to get back to enjoying a a little downtime this week between Christmas and New Year's. I'm not very good at downtime, so I need all the help I can get. This is going to be a a quick hits kind of episode. We're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about launching your podcast and what that looks like. I'm just going to go straight off of my notes here. Uh, For those of you that want to see my notes uh, and have any kind of a conversation for follow-up here, go ahead and join our Facebook group, Agency Freedom. You can find it in the search bar on Facebook. We're right about 400 members and uh, love to engage with you there field your questions, and help you launch your podcast as well. So let's just jump right into my notes here and discuss uh, what it looks like to launch your podcast uh, and even even pre-launch and I guess pre-pre-launch when you're trying to figure out, should I even do a podcast? Uh, let's just go ahead and get right to the notes then. So when you ask the question, should I even do a podcast? I see a lot of friends and colleagues doing a podcast. Either There's basically two flavors of podcast. There's either the industry one, which is what most of you are probably familiar with. You know, There's a couple dozen podcasts uh, that are well-known in our space. Uh, some run by carriers, some run by aggregators or uh, insure tech vendors. Most run by agency owners, agency principals. Uh, there are four or five uh, that I think do a really outstanding job uh, that are, are banner carriers for the industry podcast gold standard, uh, the ones that you can look to for inspiration. Uh, we all uh, know who they are, uh, so I'm not going to slight anyone who's not on my core list of you know the best ones in the industry. I'll let you decide where I fall, where Agency Freedom falls in that list uh, rule number one is never put yourself at the top, right, Marcus Sheridan? Uh, I know how uh, how that looks. The optics of that are never good. I don't care uh, if you are at the top. It makes me think of the uh, the Michael Jordan documentary 
when he was directly asked, are you the greatest player of all time? Uh, and unlike LeBron, he didn't come out and say outright, I'm the greatest player of all time. He basically said, hey, my work, my results speak for themselves. You decide if I'm the greatest player of all time. But he's obviously very proud of his accomplishments, but nobody needs to put themselves on the top of a list anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So the pros and cons, should I launch a podcast? And keep in mind, I am not going to break down distinctions between the local podcast. You know what? I just realized I forgot to tell you what the second type was. The first is the industry podcast. The second is the locally focused podcast. It is the one for your city, your town. Uh, it could be a, a niche uh, vertical that you are in as a professional, whether it's real estate investors or trucking or I know contractors or construction or medical professionals or whatever it happens to be. It could be local and geographic in, in specificity. It could be some other audience that you have found to be interesting and then needs to have a podcast. So I'm not going to distinguish between the two versions in, in this uh, episode here. We're going to stay generic uh, and not break down uh, the thought process between should I launch an industry podcast you know, spoiler alert, the answer to that one is probably no, unless you have a really good reason why you should launch an industry podcast. The answer is probably no. And we'll get into that here in just a little bit. If it's a local podcast, the answer is almost certainly yes, for a lot of reasons. Uh, and we'll get into that as well here in just a minute. So should I launch a podcast, some pros and some cons? We're going to do the pros first because I'm kind of an optimist and I like to get the good stuff out uh, first. And my, my list here is, it's a lot of fun if you have the right personality. I know I'm dumbing this down a little bit, but life is short and money is by, by far down the list of things that you should focus your life on. Chasing a dollar is okay, but there's a lot more important things to build your life around. If something's not fun, if you don't enjoy something purely optional like a podcast, in my opinion, you definitely should not do it. If you're doing it because you feel like you should do it or that you have to do it, I would say emphatically, don't do it. That's the wrong motivation. If you're doing it to become famous, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. Uh, there's a lot easier ways to create name recognition for yourself, deliver great value to your stakeholders, your customers, your peers. If you're trying to get famous, the podcast is a very inefficient way of doing that. If it's an ego stroke, there's a lot easier and less time-consuming ways to stroke your ego. That said, it is a great way to meet interesting and very accomplished people. I am incredibly humbled to think about the people that I have been uh, able to connect with in the last year and a half because of this podcast, people uh, that were introduced to me by publicists and booking agents and different agents and peers that I have in the industry who connected me with their favorite vendor or InsureTech or carrier executive or just peer in the industry who I had not yet met before. There's been so many agent-to-agent -agent introductions that have turned into really interesting conversations, uh, you know, peer relationships, you know, colleagues, and, and even a few friends in the last year and a half. Uh, I, I think of, of Peter McDonald uh, as a great example of someone that 
I didn't know prior to May of 2021. He's the co-founder and CEO of Wonderite, and Peter has become a personal friend. He's a great example of the kind of relationship that was made possible because of a podcast in part, and also because of my participation in uh, the Killing Commercial Mastermind that David Carruthers founded. Both of those were definitely factors, but the podcast was, was where we, we met. It wasn't until the podcast that I had the opportunity to meet Peter. And a lot of agents that I would never have come across uh, were it not for a platform such as this. So great way to meet very interesting people uh, that add a lot of flavor to your life. Depending on, uh, depending on how you're set up, depending on your focus, a podcast can be very good for business, especially if you're doing a local one. If you're doing one for your niche, uh, I think of Dane Williams uh, with uh, his local podcast is talking about the real estate industry in the Memphis area. Dane is a very accomplished. He is a high-class individual. Uh, he's part of our little knuckleheads mastermind that was formed completely by accident a year and a half ago in April in Phoenix. But Dane is a great example of how a locally focused podcast can be great for business, great for creating organic channel partner relationships. And if you do it right, it's a great way to get your name out there with the right people that you want to be in front of in your local market. If you're setting it up correctly and it's not some self-promotional you know, ego fluff, then yeah, it can be great for business uh, if that is what you're looking for. I can't tell you the number of accounts that we have written that were referred by listeners to this podcast, uh, namely for stuff that we talk about as being a specialty here at Riskwell, real estate investors and uh, roofing contractors are the two most common ones. But there's been a lot of other stuff, you know, commercial property owners and a couple of med spas uh, and some other type of accounts that we're very good at on the commercial side. But it can be good for business if you're doing it correctly. If you're doing it to get business, you're probably not going to get any business because everyone's going to see through you uh, and your podcast is nothing more than a an attempt to you know market your agency and get in front of target customers. If it feels like an advertisement, you're probably doing it wrong. And uh, last thing I'll say here on the on the pro side of things, if you are a female, there is a wide open lane for you because other than Teresa Kitchens, uh, who was my you know sister in the industry and in the SIAA family, other than Teresa, there's really nobody that I'm personally aware of that has a a longstanding you know consistent podcast who is a a female host of the, the podcast. You know, some people have locally focused podcasts. I'm thinking of Danielle Smink and Ciara Gravier and a few other people that are doing something in their local market for their clientele, their channel partners, but it's nothing in the industry. So, you know, if you are, sorry, Whitney Ricci is another great example of that in Florida. If you are of the female persuasion and you want to have an industry podcast, the lane's wide open. Get after it. So moving now to the cons, what are some really negative things about launching a podcast? We'll just run through it real quick. There are already millions and millions of podcasts. If you're going to do a podcast, 
you really need to figure out how in the world are you going to be different? How are you going to be unique? How are you going to add some kind of flavor, some kind of spice uh, to the zeitgeist? Uh, that's one. That's a fun word. Look it up later if you want to. Google that thing, zeitgeist. Uh, it is basically the collective narrative uh, in, in a group of people. If you're not adding anything to the narrative, then don't waste your time and don't waste our time putting out something that looks and sounds virtually identical to something that your peers have already done. You know, there's nothing worse than having someone say, hey guys, I'm launching a podcast. And then you look at it and say, oh, well, that's basically exactly the same as 12 other podcasts. Um, I, I, I wish this, you know, this person well, this generic person, I'm not thinking anyone in particular, but if you're not going to do anything unique, if you don't have some kind of an angle, you know, if you don't have some kind of a, a shtick, you know, Scott and Bradley, uh, the Insurance Guys podcast, uh, have been the mainstay for a number of years. And very recently, Daniel Song and Ryan Reynolds got together and launched uh, their own podcast. And at first, I got to be honest, at first I was like, really? I mean, okay, we really don't need another podcast with well-known industry figures. And Daniel, if you don't know, Daniel Song is probably the most prolific insurance personality uh, on the TikTok platform. Uh, Daniel is extremely good at social media. And Ryan, who's based in the Lubbock area here in Texas, is an absolute beast of an agency principal. He is a long-tenured, high-quality guy who's leading a large and successful agency. He probably has more than 20 employees at his office. So these two guys don't need to launch a podcast. They have absolutely nothing to prove. It was a little bit confusing. And then I listened to two of the first episodes, and I'm like, Oh, these guys have a shtick. It works. Their energy is compatible, and it's just fun to listen to. Now, the the guests are pretty similar names. Like you can hear those same names on other shows in the industry. So I'd be curious to see, just as an example, only because it's one of the more recent ones that has come out. I'd be curious where the show for Daniel and Ryan uh, goes. Uh, I'd be curious what their premise is, what they're trying to do. It's a little bit different because. It's a lot of fun listening to what they've got. Uh, they have great energy playing off of each other. Uh, but that is really a great example of the cons of all of this. If you're not going to find something unique, either a shtick or an energy or some you know, fun take on things, whether it's a co-host or it's some kind of a, 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 a I don't want to call it a gimmick, that's kind of a, ne a negative word, but it has to be something with a hook. It has to be something that grabs people's attention other than the same old, hey, we're going to talk about insurance topics and how to build an agency. And we're going to have some guests on that you've heard on seven other podcasts in the last 12 months. That is not a recipe for success. Uh, if that's what I was dealing with, I promise you I wouldn't have a podcast today. That is for sure. And the next one is you are never going to be Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is probably, I don't have hard data in front of me right now, but he's probably the most prolific podcast in existence right now. He's got millions and millions of monthly downloads. He's got sponsors that pay all of his bills for the rest of his life. He doesn't need to do another thing for the rest of his life. He's all set on the sponsor dollars he's already made on his podcast. You're never going to be Joe Rogan. It ain't going to happen. So if you're going into this thing thinking, I want to be a famous podcaster, 
Well, get in line. There's literally tens of thousands of people in front of you that want to be famous podcasters, either in their industry or just overall the culture as a whole. If you're trying to be something like that, if you want to be your own flavor of Joe Rogan, again, there's much easier ways to do that. And next is the, the con list here. It can be a huge distraction, a really huge distraction. As we'll talk about here in the pre-launch checklist in the first 50 episodes, it can be a massive bucket of things that you have to do if you want to have a great podcast. If you want to be mediocre and just okay and phone it in, then it's not as much work. But if you want to have a good podcast, one that consistently delivers real meaningful value and serves some sort of purpose uh, for existing other than just, oh, I have a podcast and I want to be able to tell people I'm a podcast host. Okay, cool. If you're going for something beyond that, something of substance, it's going to be a huge distraction because you will constantly be thinking about what does the podcast need, which may be a negative for you if you're not at a point in your agency where you have great help around you, where you're able uh, to meet your agency's goals without your personal involvement in every facet of the agency. You know, I'm reminded of Jim Schubert. He's got a podcast, the uh, Agency Growth Academy, and he's got a very large operation. He is definitely a chief executive uh, personality profile. Uh, I don't know how long it's been since Jim has sold a policy himself. He has an excellent operation, and I would imagine from what I've seen and heard from him, uh, he is very involved in working on his business and not in his business. He's a great example of the kind of host that probably has sufficient margin to be able to simultaneously be a great podcaster and a great agency executive. But if you're not set up correctly, if you don't have systems and processes and workflows in place, and more importantly, if you don't have great people on your team to be able to delegate a lot of these important agency tasks too, then you probably should not launch a podcast because it will take money out of your pocket. Because you're, unless you're in an extreme minority, there's only three or four podcasts in our industry that make a significant amount of revenue from sponsors. The rest of us don't, myself included. I certainly don't. I've never taken a sponsor. Every episode that you hear on my show is brought to you by Jason Cass and his network, his sponsor deals that he has pulled together. At some point, I may be on my own. I may be doing my own thing apart from Cass's network. I have no idea. I have no specific plans to leave the Agency Intelligence Insurance Podcast Network. It's been a, a great collaboration since the very beginning. As we've talked about for you know several different times here, uh, Cass is the reason why uh, I started thinking about launching a podcast. Cass basically said, Jenkins, you need to have a podcast. And at the time, it was a huge distraction because when we launched this thing, I only had four team members and we were in the middle of an extreme growth curve. We're still in a high growth curve now, a year and a half later. We have nine team members now, and my you know payroll bill every month can confirm that for you. It's kind of ridiculous. But if it weren't for the team members, I definitely would not have a podcast right now because my first job is agency principal, and so is yours. If you're listening to this podcast, 
it is almost certain that you are an insurance professional of some kind. You're either a producer and you probably aspire to own your own agency at some point, or you already do, either a captive exclusive agency or an independent agency like I do at Riskwell. So regardless of your position, unless you've got all your ducks in a row, launching a podcast could be a terrible idea. And the last con on the list here is you better have your stuff together as an agency professional because there is nothing worse. <laughs> There's no worse feeling than having something happen in your agency life and your subconscious reminds you of something that you said on your own podcast that you are now being a hypocrite on, where you are not following the, the words that came out of your own mouth, where your words and your actions are not in alignment. So you better have your stuff together or you're going to find yourself looking and feeling and actually being a hypocrite more times than not. Don't give advice that you're not currently following yourself. Lord knows I have been guilty of that quite a few times in the last 18 months. If you like embarrassing yourself inside of your own mind, go ahead and start a podcast before you have a lot of things working the right way in your agency. It's really not a cool thing. It's intellectually dishonest for you to give advice that you're not currently following, that you have not already followed. Uh, giving advice and making recommendations for people to do things that you yourself haven't done. Or perhaps uh, you, know, you read it in a book somewhere and you want to pass it off as your own idea to sound cool with your friends. And that's not a good idea. Aside from being unethical and kind of scummy, uh, it's just bad for business. Because if you're not doing it yourself, you probably shouldn't be talking about it to your peers and colleagues or your clients uh, if you're doing a, a local podcast. Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. So moving now into a what I like to call the pre-launch checklist. Uh, my dad uh, was a pilot. I have several friends that are pilots. I like this pre-launch checklist thing. It's something that every pilot does. So we're just going to answer some of these questions, and I'm going to do rapid fire here because we're, we're already more than 20 minutes into this episode, and I want to make sure I get you guys out of here in less than 30. The very first question is simply, who is my audience? Before you do anything else, you have to nail down who your audience is and be as specific as possible. The more specific you are in identifying your target audience, the more tailored your content is going to be, which means you may have fewer downloads, but the downloads that you have will find the content much more relevant and engaging and will be bigger fans of yours and you will have more impact, which if you're like me, 
Impact is the main reason why your podcast exists because you want to help your listeners. You want to help your audience do something or become something or achieve something that they're not currently doing or being or achieving. The better you can identify your audience, the, the more successful you're going to be at accomplishing your mission. Next is that you are never too early in the process to start building your email list. And this is something that I've done a very, very poor job of up to this point, and I have largely thrived on nothing more than organic reach and referrals uh, and people connecting with me on social. My email list is barely a couple hundred people, and we have almost 2,500 uh, unique monthly listeners at this point. I, I like tracking downloads. It's good for ego. I'm much more interested in tracking unique listeners, which means that you know a person is out there connecting. So if we have 8,000 monthly downloads and we have you know 2,500 unique listeners, that tells me that the average listener is catching you know three or four episodes, which means that the content is highly relevant to them. They're listening. You may be listening are likely to be listening almost every week. So when we know who uh, the audience is, we build an organic email list of nothing more than, hey, if you want to connect with me, drop your name and email, and I will make sure that you stay aware of episodes dropping and special content that goes out. Building an email list is a great way to stay in front of the people that want to listen to your content, that want to watch uh, your videos on YouTube and social media. It is absolutely critical, next, that you have a premise nailed down. What is your angle? What is your unique voice, your unique contribution to the conversation? Is, is there energy that you bring with a co-host? Is there a specific angle to the conversation? Is there an aspect of things that you can address, that you can focus your podcast on that people are not currently doing? Take a look at the existing podcast in your space. Research who is already talking about the things that you think you may want to talk about in this podcast that you're considering launching. And if all of those things are already being talked about, then it may be a good indicator that you should either find something else to have a podcast on or just skip the podcast and go back to being an excellent professional in your agency and serving your clients. You've got to have some kind of premise, some kind of unique angle. That's really all there is to it. So now getting a little bit technical, you've got to have audio and video that says you give a crap about what you're doing. Because there's, there's nothing wrong with going to Amazon and spending $120 on a Blue Yeti microphone uh, and, and getting started that way and slowly working your way up. Uh, but being mindful of your audio and your video is a very good way to gain more traction faster. You know, your content has to be great. But if your audio sounds terrible, your content is going to have a hard time connecting with your audience. Spend some coin on a good microphone and you will see a lot better return from uh, the efforts. You can have mediocre or good content, good enough content with an excellent microphone that's well edited and produced, which we'll talk about here in just a minute, and you will have more traction because it sounds professional. It's really just as simple as that. You have to sound like you know what you're doing. Next is 
the creative side of things. And I want to say very simply, Fiverr and Upwork, that's uh, Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, and Upwork, just like it sounds, are basically a peer-to-peer gig economy kind of websites uh, where you can hire someone to do just about any creative thing uh, in existence. Upwork is more technical. It's a lot more on the developer and, and software and other white-collar side of things. Fiverr is nothing but creatives. For instance, this podcast, the intro and outro audio is done by a voice actor that I hired through Fiverr. I gave him the script. I gave him exactly what I wanted him to say, and he did exactly what I wanted him to do. There was two revisions, and then he sent me the files, and that's it. Uh, The intro and outro should be someone else's voice, in my opinion. It doesn't need to be the host's voice unless you have some sort of, you know, play back and forth between the announcer, the voiceover, and your voice. We do that uh, here on this podcast, and a few others do the same basic format. But doing it all yourself is a really bad idea. You are not a professional in all of these disciplines. You need to stay in your lane and do what you're great at and pay someone else to do what they're great at. Everybody wins in that situation. Right along those same lines, next is hire some good help. And those three things that I'm talking about is editing, producing, and distributing, as in publishing your content on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, The big three are Apple and Spotify and Amazon Music. After that, there's a handful of others. Uh, that are really popular, you know, Google and Stitcher and uh, a few others. But getting everything out to the platforms and getting it ready with editing and mastering and producing, that's a lot of work, even for someone who knows what they're doing. I have uh, told you guys before uh, that I am grateful for the work uh, that the folks do at podsquad.fm. Sarah Nicholas is the owner of that company. Uh, Her folks do a great job for my podcast. I don't do it myself because I'm too expensive. And if I was going to do it myself, it would cost me a lot more money in time value of money than I pay Sarah and her team. So strongly recommend, strongly recommend that you hire good help and make everything happen faster and easier. Going back to what we talked about earlier, otherwise it's a huge distraction. I'm not going to make the 30-minute mark, and you guys can have your laugh that I'm blowing over the time that I thought, uh, because we are almost 29 minutes now, and I'm going to go ahead and blaze through the rest of this to get you guys onto the rest of your day and your New Year's festivities for those of you that are listening uh, on the day or the weekend that it is released. This next one is super important. I'm going to go ahead and say this real quick, and it is super important, so I'm hitting the yes button three times. Get your schedule set. Whatever your schedule is for when you record and when you drop your episodes, make it exactly the same every single week or biweekly or monthly or whatever you're doing. Make it exactly the same because you've got to batch as many things as possible. If you can do three episodes in one sitting, or you can record with guests back-to-back, for me personally, I have recently opened up Thursday afternoons, but for the longest time, I did Wednesday at 1 Central and Wednesday at 3 Central were the two slots that I had for recording with my guests, and that was it. If you want to be on AFP, then you're going to record at Wednesday at 1 Central or 3 Central, and the only way you're not recording then is if you're some kind of 
uh, VIP that deserves special treatment where I'm going to accommodate to meet your schedule. Uh, it, unless you're you know, a carrier CEO or somebody who's way up the food chain where I'm going to move a bunch of stuff around on my calendar, then, okay, cool. Does Wednesday at 1 work? Great. Cool. Let's do it. I don't even have to mess with it because I use the Calendly scheduling platform to do all of the calendar stuff for the podcast. We literally have a schedule on there with a short link that I created. And when someone says, yeah, that's great. Or I say, hey, uh, do you want to be a guest or a booking agent or whatever reaches out? I just fire off the Calendly link and say, here you go. Pick a day and time that works for you. Recently, we opened up Thursday at 1 and 3 Central again, uh, so I can stay further out in front of the content calendar because I'm going to be traveling a lot in 2023, and there's going to be plenty of times when I'm not able to meet uh, the regular you know, weekly or bi-weekly uh, recording. So get your schedule set and batch everything you can. If you can do two or three or four episodes in one sitting without wanting to pull your hair out, then by all means, go ahead and do that. Next, we're going to talk about best practices for your first year of recording. If you go ahead and do what most people do, then you're going to have about 50 episodes in your first year. Most folks take uh, at least two weeks off, usually Christmas and New Year's, uh, sometimes three or four weeks, depending on who the podcast host is and what else they've got going on. For our uh, show, for AFP, we've never taken a week off, and if I do at some point, I will see that as a, a last-ditch resort uh, and then I have no other choice on because I really like having consistency and being able to say that there are no repeats, there are no best of, there are no flashback episodes. So every single Friday at 6 a.m. Central, you're going to get a new episode of AFP. So in your first 50 episodes, here's my quick hits. Uh, best practices, and we're going to wrap this thing up and get on with the rest of your day. Engage with your audience as much as possible. That means answering emails, being available for a phone call if somebody reaches out, having social media access. Create a group and invite people to join it to continue the conversation. I cannot tell you how many wonderful dialogues I have had over the last year and a half with peers and colleagues and people who have become friends on every subject from here to Timbuktu, where someone heard something from the podcast and reaches out on Facebook Messenger or emails at podcast.agencyfreedom.com or wherever they choose to, to connect with me and say, hey, that point you made about such and such, I'd love to have a further conversation about that. And it is so rewarding to be able to have that kind of impact. And the next thing is simply map out your narrative and the story arc that you want your podcast to follow. If you look at the episodes going all the way back to episode one, there is thought, there is premise, there is narrative, there is basically a checklist of things that everybody needs to talk about, uh, that everybody needs to be aware of. The guests that I bring on, I try to not bring on five of the same kind of agent, the same focus, the same energy, the same personality, the same gender and ethnic background. Try to have some diversity and make sure that we are telling a story. We've had an underwriter. We've had a carrier executive, a couple of carrier CEOs and, and presidents of various business units. We've had, you know, Wonderwrite is a good example. We've had Better Agency. We've had a lot of other insure techs on here. We've had OB and Security Scorecard and 
you know, lots of folks that are doing very interesting things. What you'll notice is I try, unless it's something core like a CRM, for instance, uh, we've had, uh, I've invited the folks at Agency Zoom a few times uh, back when Kat uh, Turnus was uh, an executive over there. We haven't been able to, to make it happen, but I, I still have an open invitation to the folks at Vertifor to get to, you know, C-suite or executives over there and have a conversation. I don't have any rapport with Applied at this point or Zywave. Those are two other huge companies in our industry that I don't have any direct uh, relationship with. But if you want to make an introduction for me to somebody at, uh, at Applied, I am all ears. All that to say, there is a big story. There is a narrative that I have been working on with AFP since the very beginning. Uh, there are two things that we haven't talked about that I can promise you we will talk about in 2023. And that is reinsurance is one. And second is actuarials. Now, we're going to have a, a senior experienced actuary on. I'm going to try to find one that is not completely, you know, put you to sleep with the way that they approach things. I'm going to have to find an actuary that has personality, that has some snark, some sarcasm to them, where they can put up a good interview uh, and not just be, you know, completely professorial because, you know, actuarial science is very, very dry. Uh, it's hard to make an interesting podcast episode out of actuarial stuff. I'm going to give it my best effort, though, that's for sure. The second is reinsurance. I don't know if it's Munich Re or if it's another one of the, the big groups that are doing reinsurance, but I would love to have a, a senior executive in a reinsurer on the podcast to talk about that because those are two big areas where we are missing. There's pieces of the overall agency world, the, the concepts that are important uh, to agency life. Uh, and those are the two that, that come to mind that we haven't talked about yet at all. We're going to fix that uh, in 2023 for sure. So as you're building out your first 50 episodes, your first year in podcasting, build out as much of your narrative and your story as possible and then find you know, the best ways to execute that. Find the people that are doing the things that you want to talk about and invite them on and have them tell their story. Next is get yourself a tribe of fellow podcasters, a crew, if you will, and run with them. You're going to need encouragement. You're going to need ideas. You're going to need to have someone to bounce best practices off of in order to be the best version of yourself. So find yourself a crew and get after it. I've really enjoyed uh, the two uh, group chats that I'm in uh, of nothing but podcasters, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So we got four left here, and then we're going to get on with it uh, and get you guys back to your afternoon. Track your downloads. Learn what topics and themes get traction with your audience. Pay attention to what works and what doesn't work. If you think something's cool and it completely bombs, where the downloads are just not there, where you know people are not listening to what you had to say, then maybe steer clear of that. And the other thing is, if you have an episode and you get lots of traction, you get messages, you get emails, you get comments in your group on, that you created on social media, then you know you hit a nerve and you should double down in that area and figure out how to use that to get more great content out that your audience cares about. If there's a great guest you want, go get them. Wayne Gretzky said, and this is one of my very favorite quotes uh, from any athlete ever. He says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. If you want a guest for your podcast, go get them. Tyler Asher, president of 
distribution at Liberty Mutual, he was a guest on the podcast because I went out and got him. I wanted someone at Liberty. Tyler has a great reputation. I reached out to him on LinkedIn and said, hey, I'd love to have you as a guest on my show. Let's make it happen. What do you think? And we finally got it worked out on his calendar. And, you know, you guys got to hear it. And you can go back and listen uh, to Tyler's. He's uh, from, I think he dropped in February of 2022, this year. So go back and check out his episode uh, if you want to hear from Tyler Asher at Liberty. But great example of what happens when you want something and you go get it. You ask for what you want. The very worst that can happen is that someone says no and you're back where you started and you lost nothing. Next is vet the promoters and the publicist. Once you get some traction and you get a little reputation, the SEO and Google and whatnot, everybody knows that you exist, you're going to start getting communication from promoters and publicists who want to get their talent on your show. These folks get paid when they book interviews for uh, their talent. And a lot of them are just plain garbage. A lot of them are not relevant for your audience. A lot of them don't have a compelling story. And you go and listen to clips that they've been on other podcasts and they're just not very good. Some guests out there are fantastic and do a great job and are relevant for your audience. Uh, There's been a handful uh, that have reached out or had their publicist or their agent uh, reach out to me and uh, they end up on the show. Um, I'm not going to name names right now, uh, but there's been four or five of my guests uh, that I was introduced to because of a booking agent or a publicist. So there's going to be some good ones. Most of them are not. Most of them are a huge waste of time and you shouldn't allow them on your show you should be protecting your audience and your brand better than that. The last thing we're going to talk about here, and then we'll be on our way, is figure out what your mission and your end game looks like. Matt Namoli and Zach Gould came on earlier this year. Uh, they were the co-founders, the, the co-hosts of the Bobble On podcast. And it ran for about two years, and it got to the point where they felt like they had done what they wanted to do and they stopped putting out episodes. And I, for one, grieved because I really liked Bobalon Podcast. But at the end of the day, they did what they came to do, and their end game was met, and they stopped recording. So figure out what your end game looks like. Figure out what your mission looks like. And when your mission is complete and your end game is done, hang up the microphone and go do something else with your time. If you know ahead of time you're going to do 100 episodes and you know exactly what you want it to look like, cool. You do you. Do your thing. But if you're going into it open-ended and you don't really know what your end game looks like, which is kind of where I'm at right now, I'm having a whole lot of fun. We're you know, not even 100 episodes into this thing. We're you know, getting ready for that big shindig. I've got a special guest planned for you for episode 100. We'll be releasing that uh, in... Yeah, I can count backwards and realize that 83 uh, minus 100 is 17. So, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of four months from now, a little less than four months from now, we'll be at episode 100, and you will definitely enjoy that. Uh, May is two years. Now, we're, uh, we're a little past uh, 18 months right now. I don't have any idea what my end game looks like. I have every intention of being like Bradley and Scott over the Insurance Guys podcast. They've been doing this for more than five years. 
They have almost 300 episodes. And I don't have any idea if I'll get that many out before I move on to the next thing. But I have no idea what my endgame looks like right now. So I can't help you with that. That's really it for my uh, content for this episode. Talking about launching your podcast in 2023. If you're going to do it, make sure you know exactly why you're doing it and make sure you're doing it for the right reason. If you have a mission and if you have the right energy, if you have a a plan and you have something you're trying to accomplish, something more than I want to have a podcast because I want an ego stroke, I want to feel important and special, and I want to be insurance famous, don't do it. Run for the hills. There's a lot of great reasons to launch a podcast, and I wish you the very best of luck in 2023 and beyond. As with everything else we do, if there's anything I can help you with, please feel free to reach out. The best way to do this is to join our Facebook group, Agency Freedom. Connect with me there. If you post in there, I will definitely see it and I will reply. Love to connect with folks there on the Agency Freedom Facebook group. If you want to have one-on-one communication for whatever reason, hit me up at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. And that is it. For our content for 2022, it has been an amazing year, whole lot of fun, and I look forward to connecting with you guys. We are starting our podcaster series next week, next Friday. We are going to drop none other than Mr. Bradley Flowers and Mr. Scott Howell, the Insurance Guys podcast co-host themselves to launch our podcaster series for 2023. So that's all for now. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll talk to you again real soon. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. 
just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good, or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, in virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.